Quality Goods is brought to you by The Genius Brand. Products formulated according to science. Their clinically dosed supplements are crafted with tested, raw, and effective ingredients without proprietary blends, artificial dyes, artificial flavors, sweeteners, unnecessary fillers, or banned substances. I've recently gotten really into nootropics, and their genius consciousness has been tremendous in helping me focus while working from home through quarantine. It's got lion's mane, astragalus, ginseng, and a little bit of caffeine from green coffee extract. Sometimes they even stack that with their caffeine-free pre-workout when I'm getting in my daily fitness. Genius Pre is one of the cleanest pre-workouts I've taken. It's stimulant-free and there is no jitters. Uh, you know, if you've ever taken uh, any pre-workouts out there, I'm sure you know uh, what I'm talking about. Your physical capabilities are guaranteed to expand when your brain is engaged with their all-natural nutrients and your muscles will be stimulated by scientifically proven clean ingredients. They've got lots of other supplements and vitamins for you depending on which area of genius you're trying to improve. And you can get 15% off of your order with coupon QUALITY when you shop at thegeniusbrand.com or just follow the link in our Instagram bio. And if you're not satisfied, they'll even give you your money back. So what have you got to lose? Hit up the Genius Brand today with code QUALITY at checkout. On this episode of the podcast, we invite Bindlestiff Studios alum Thomas Paris back to the conversation alongside his fellow Bindlestiff producers, Golda and Lowe, to chat about the studio, sci-fi, and their new show that combines both of those forces, aptly named Forbidden Futures. No one could have predicted this dystopian future that we're currently living in, but the three of them wanted to make sure that our stories are being told now through the Bindlestiff lens. We talked about the challenges of writing and producing a show that is safe to consume from the confines of your socially distanced home, some sci-fi inspirations of ours through the years, and bringing people together by telling relatable stories about distant and not-so-distant worlds. And I'd be doing a disservice to the whole conversation if I didn't tell you guys to go check out the show on their Twitch channel on October 17th. All info found out bit.ly slash ForbiddenFutures2020. The link is in the description of this podcast, by the way, so uh, go ahead and check that out. But whether you are a sci-fi nerd, a stagehand, or just a normie looking for something new to get into, check out this conversation about everything sci-fi and see what's good. Quality, 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 quality goods. Quality, 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 quality goods. What is going on, good people? You are tuned in to the Quality Goods Podcast. I'm Chris Beatty. And I'm Anson J. And today we have some special guests. Guestesses, multiple guests. We got Lo, Golda, and Thomas, the producers of the Forbidden Futures show. How's it going, guys? Yeah. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a hot weekend here in the Bay. Which yeah, you know, it's, nice. it's supposed it was supposed to be the first day of fall, what, like this this past week, and uh, certainly doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's usually it's only gonna get hotter. Yeah, right? we yeah we we yeah. have that that Indian summer. That's what they they call it. That's what the kids call. Yeah. Why is it called that way? I don't know. I've never been to India, so I, I can't really 
tell you what an Indian summer is really like. They're hot. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. They yeah, must be. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, you been there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Clearly. Uh, just oh, change, yeah, change your Zoom background. I know, you international, be yeah. It's the future. <laughs> Wherever you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. The forbidden future. Yeah. Yeah. We are living in uh, what could be considered a forbidden future right now. And if, uh, you know, if we don't vote to change things, we're, we're definitely going to be living in some kind of future that, uh, a dire one. Yeah. Try to change this time no, around. No, um, yeah. it's possible that no vote can save us, and we're just going to be in this forbidden future, the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. So Forever. Hang on. Forever. Yeah, this is just the, yeah. Forever, ever. Yeah. No. So for those of you who may have missed the first time around, Thomas was one of our earliest podcast guests, and uh, he and Mark, who is not here today, is is Mark in the Forbidden Future show? Oh no, no, totally different production. Yeah, but also this show is a part of Bindlestiff, right? Yes. But uh, yeah, Thomas was one of our earliest podcast yeah. guests, and if, for those who missed that one the first time around, can you just tell us a little bit about Bindlestiff? Yes, I can do that. Uh, Bindlestiff. <laughs> Studio is the uh, the only theater in the nation dedicated to showcasing Filipino and Filipino American arts and artists. They're, uh, we're located in the, the Soma district of San Francisco, uh, and um, we're kind of a, a historical location as far as uh, Filipino arts are concerned. It's also um, a, a community hub of sorts for um, the goings on in a I guess like the political activism in in San Francisco. Um, uh, like yeah, a lot of meetups happen there. A lot of like punk shows happen there. It's a very versatile space and uh, definitely one of the centers of the Filipino community in SF. Yeah, it's nice that it's it's very close to BART. It's a hot, <laughs> convenient, you know, yeah. C- c- yeah, conveniently mm-hmm. located. You can take BART there. Yeah, though we haven't been open, obviously, since the, uh, the pandemic yeah. started. Yeah. Uh, our, our windows are, are boarded up um, and uh, we are, uh, we're waiting the day when we can open yeah, open up for real, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, society is starting to slowly move towards opening, which is, is cool, you know, mm-hmm. be safe, obviously. Uh, I, I actually went to the gym yesterday, which was a treat. You know, I haven't been able to go to the gym in a while. It was so weak, though. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> Were you guys like indoors yeah. or outdoors? Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. In San Mateo. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. felt very weak, so that was a little discouraging. But it just it felt good to be back yeah. and you're doing what you're supposed to. Around. Yes. Good. Um, well, yeah. um, in fact, it's a pretty good segue to be talking about like current events and the, uh, I guess, like the current you know um, climate of reality because uh, this show was actually inspired by what we were all going through uh, when the pandemic started. Um, uh, since since we were kind of living in a for real dystopia and we still are technically, yeah, um, yeah. It, it inspired a lot of stories in us. And, um, we, we really set out to, to create something that could capture, uh, I think I phrase it as like a fingerprint of our emotions during this time. So we can, so we can capture what it feels like to be in this dystopia as it's happening and to get it down on paper and to get people acting in it. Yeah. You know, we got to tell these stories because, you know, we can look back on it, and in retrospect, but it's cool to that you guys yeah, are telling yeah, these yeah. stories like kind of as they happen. Yeah, it's certainly different if you were to, you know, to to write the, a show like this 
two years down the line when you're when all you have to go on is is your memories it's not fresh you know and you guys have to you guys have to do it in a whole other way too like you said your windows are boarded up right now so even the way you guys are uh, you know, presenting this is, is different than, you know, what you guys have done in the past. Absolutely. We certainly had to adapt. Well, yeah. Just to speak on that, like, poker really tapping into like the necessity of, you know, having to adjust, like you're sitting there. A lot of us still are connected through different projects, but so a lot of the theaters around you will be doing like a lot of readings. So just straight up reads where you see the four of us on the, or the five of us in the frame, I'll take a character, you take a character, somebody's reading like the stage directions and that's kind of how like art was kind of continuing for a while. And um, mm. with Forbidden Future, you know, yeah. and then we all saw some zooms. <laughs> Trial and error for sure. Um, some good, some some not so good, you know? Where you're just like, oh my God, like, wow. You know, like that was hard or, but we would have discussions about that, like as a community, like, you know, why was that hard? Did you see anything good? Uh, what was good about it? You know, so we were able to kind of like keep, you know, keep thinking about how to improve the audience's experience. And um, Forbidden Futures is going to be pre-recorded in a lot of ways. So there's a, there's going to be some pre-recorded elements and some live elements um, to a little bit of what people are, are sort of used to, even though they don't know it. You know, like all that singing and stuff. That's they're not <laughs> doing that. You know, it's not like us vibing and we just, you know. Oh, yeah, for real. That's, that is so hard. The lag on, you know, as everybody knows. So hard to collaborate in that way. So as artists, we've had to adjust, um, you know, how we rehearse, how we create. Oh, yeah. Everybody has expanded their repertoire like times, times, times 20. Like folks who are actors, they're like camera people and costume and set hair makeup like everybody has to do everything and it's been such a collaborative um collaborative effort getting these yeah because now everybody everybody has to have their own set now way different yeah the little babies just to walk in all cute with their sunglasses talking about <laughs> oh thank you five and they would sit down and get all like ready and the set would be all there and you know thanks to producers like Lo and thomas like the show, you know, the way theater works, it's everything is like bam, 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 bam. Somebody's always handling something, but everybody had to grow a lot for this for this process. Yeah. yeah now you have to be your own stagehands and. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lo and um, Lo is she's doing like eight things. Like she's directing and um, she's producing. Thomas is one of the writers. Uh, he wrote this piece called "The Last Filipina." Um, and I know we're talking a little bit about Forbidden Futures, but just generally it's like Filipino dystopic sci-fi, uh, like a dystopic diaspora. So talking about Filipinos in this future, um, or like Thomas said, like it's a reflection of the dystopia that we're living now. <laughs> we basically had to do this show Medium because the, the world line. was going to spoil the ending. Of That's the best description I've heard of the show yet. <laughs> we got to do it. Yeah. The world was going to spoil the ending. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that show House of Cards on Netflix, you know, like it was pretty wild as far as like <laughs> political <laughs> drama goes, but then Trump came in the along real world. and was like, hold my beer, you yeah. know, like I'll, I'll catch up. Yeah. 
like Back to the Futures too with Biff as president. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, like this timeline was definitely written by multiple, right? You know, people that says like, yeah, oh, yeah. we or, we could have some crazy, yeah, yeah. We just want all the bad ideas. No, all the bad, no all right the bad to be doing that, so. Let's do that. Maybe we should start talking about what Forbidden <laughs> Futures actually is. Like, what is this show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, what is Forbidden Futures about? Uh, well, okay, it started in 2018 when. Uh, um, we had just come off a, a yearly show at Bindlestiff called Stories High, and um, there was uh, there was another crew that was supposed to take over the theater after us, uh, the Tagalog show, or just Tagalog, uh, but they couldn't do it in 2018. So we had two weeks free in the calendar, and and uh, and it was a month and a half away, right? So a month and a half away, uh, two weeks. What to, what to do with it? And so uh, I thought we could do something pretty simple, like you know, like a sketch show of some kind. But then uh, Golda, um, Golda had written uh, a piece of Darkheart. Uh, do you want to talk about what that is? Darkheart is my third child. It's like the youngest. <laughs> Darkheart is this idea, this play that I've been writing for like like decades. Um, it's 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 a it's a concert narrative. So if you want to, you know, which is not a musical, you can find me. But. Um, it's a uh, story about uh, a Filipina in the diaspora, living in authority, under authority that like wipes your brain um, from your memories. You don't have history, you don't have land, and you're a workforce that gets sent out, you know, throughout the galaxy. So like the idea of overseas workers, but off earth workers, like over galaxy workers. Um, so the idea of dark heart has like, you know, it's pretty meta. There's some interdimensional beings. <laughs> it's so hard to talk about sci-fi in yeah, a nutshell. Let's just put that out there. Um, yeah. So dark heart was, yeah, it's just, a, it's based on these, the world of the songs, you know, the world of the songs that gets pretty blown out into uh, uh, visceral parts that make it really like weird, you know, like musicals, for example, you write a song to fit the scene, but uh, in Dark Heart, the world is based on the song. So if it's in drop D, like the world is in drop D. And if it's like <laughs> punk and, and, and there's like dragons, like bro, like run, like hide. So just using music in a different way to like create scenery and atmosphere to make it not like a side piece, like a side, like a little side note, soundscape, mm. like to really centralize it. So, turned out to be really wicked in sci-fi and, and in, dark, uh, dark AF. So, like a like a music video, in other words, like would that exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I just I just watched uh, Beyonce's piece. What was it? What's it called? Uh, Black is King. Yeah, yeah, right. excellent film. If you guys haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. In a yeah, in, uh, in 2018, we, uh, Golda, I believe, we had about 20 to 30 minutes of Dark Heart, right? Yeah. Something like that. And so, um, so we had, we had uh, that content, but we needed to fill up an hour and a half long show. So we invited our uh, writer friends, MGB and Ed Mabasa, to write two short plays to go along with that section of Dark Heart that was already complete. So we have full show. Um, and... Uh, it was just like it, it snowballed and got more and more ambitious. And so this, this uh, month and a half long timeline that we had uh, turned into this uh, sci-fi dystopian epic <laughs> <laughs> that, that we wrote, casted, rehearsed, 
um, built the set, everything in a month and a half. Um, it was, uh, it was really intense. It was, uh, it was wow. a, uh, an exercise in commitment. Is that what I always say? Cause like there was no revising <laughs> everything we did. We didn't have time to do over. So it's just like, Oh, it's that's, that's a story. We're going with that. We do it. And it was, um, it was pretty rock and roll. Uh, it had a lot of, uh, it had a lot of elements that you don't really find in a lot of other black box theater shows, or I guess, you know, uh, theater in general. And, and, and we really took risks. We, we really felt, uh, at least I felt that we, we felt really liberated by this, by this, uh, opportunity that we had. If we didn't do anything, nothing would happen for that two weeks. I I like creative endeavors when you have to work with constraints like that, because then it forces you to be even more creative. You know, like you, like you said, you didn't, you didn't have time to revise anything or second guess any choices that you made. You just had to go for it. And yeah, I I like the the product that comes from. It forces you into such discomfort that you have to evolve and become an artist that you never thought you could be, you know, and that's for everyone. Uh, Everyone from, you know, the actors who had to, up. And we had like fight scenes and stuff, thanks to uh, our friend Risa Donato. It was so <laughs> ambitious in, in a short amount of time. Um, uh, three months wouldn't have been enough time, in my opinion, to put it together. And so for for uh, I think the audience and the the crew alike, it was um, it, it was like a landmark experience because it was like, what is this? <laughs> how could how could we have done this? And uh, it was always something in like the back of our minds that we could explore again when the time was right fast forward to 2020 and uh i think this this um uh forbidden features was bootstrapped i think by by golda you were the first one to uh come up with it right um it was like just hella time like folks were quarantined it was like march april and like you don't even know yourself in quarantine until you (laughs) (laughs) that is real like, oh my God, am I staying up to four every <laughs> night? Like, this is my life now? Like, you just learn things. And like, um, a lot of us in the theater at Bindlestick were still creating. We were still in contact. We were still like, you know, <laughs> happy hour on Zoom, like, <laughs> like idiots. Like, whoa, yeah. cheers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that, that novelty <laughs> lasted uh, not as long as we all yeah. imagined it would. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, we just, we just kept building and the idea, the shows kept coming. So that's like the thing about deadlines that you were talking about, right? Like, if you make a show, like the art will come, like, um, a lot of people wouldn't have started doing art if they didn't have the opportunity, you know, like, um, 48 hour video, you know, contests, or like, you know, there's a, there's a punk rock show happening, like, like, let's make a band real quick. You know, like so much art just happens because the opportunity is there. And with Bindlestick being gone, we're all doing stuff online. Like you guys, um, you guys probably been, you know, doing it. So you, mm. you just slid right into that medium. Yeah, but we got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's but we really didn't do cool. any, yeah, we didn't do any Zoom ones before, you know, but we're like, yeah. well, let's take advantage. And we've been able to get guests from more parts of the country now or whatever, you know, because of that. So wow. yeah, it worked out. So right. That's the cool part, right? Like Lo has been doing a bunch of um, producing for Bindle Stiff. So she's been like all the people that she's able to connect with and like all over the world, yeah. basically folks are tuning in. Yeah. I mean, we've had some workshops 
and people registering for our shows just to watch us online because they can't physically come yeah. to the soma you know and generations too um oh geez that i've i've never worked with but i've got to connect you know through zoom it's been a crazy pivot but I mean, we're, we're still like learning yeah, as we go. We all are, you know, like this yeah. is a new territory for most of us, I'd say. Mm. But it's cool that you guys are able to find your footing and keep Bindle Step alive. Yeah, it's just fun too. Like people probably catch your show that never caught it before. Um, same with like our shows, folks who only knew about Bindle Step, like on a t-shirt. Mm. They'd be like, are you guys doing that? Like, so they're tuning in from like Canada and Philippines and, you know, even folks like just in New York are able to catch stuff so um realizing that too and like how you're gonna charge folks and like what's yeah. the actual point of that like all the foundational stuff of what you thought is like cut and dry theater like theater stuff like you've been doing it a certain way box office this how much this when the flyer comes out you know yeah. etc all that is just like yeah riff it wing yeah. it you know yeah. like pay yeah pay attention basically because everything's changing it's been it's been really interesting to try to create art during this time when all theater is switching to zoom yeah. that's actually you guys bring up a good point and uh it's something that the platform that you guys have chosen for your show twitch you know a lot of like djs have had to do the same thing you know djs used to go out and perform in clubs and that's how they get paid but now that lane doesn't exist. So they've had to get creative on Twitch and deck their stuff out with green screens or really just think about a, a cool setup, you know, within their own space that, that looks good on camera. Like what, what went into your guys' decision-making to choose Twitch as your platform? Well, geek shows always use Twitch for just game nights and like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, bullshitting. Yeah. it's a lot of fun. I mean, and yeah, I mean, there was a lot I mean, because I've always watched my family do game nights on Twitch and they've got their little groups and followers. And and like you said, I've, I've caught a lot of DJs, um, but it was just kind of going to into the like our last show that, um, you know, Golda, you like spearheaded that one. Um, OK, but Thayo, that was streaming live on on twitch um so it was it was a really weird like how do we go about this this is a paid show then again it's a live stream that people just access for free so it was that it was more of a benefit that we did and it was for a mutual one of our forbidden futures writers um he was going through a medical uh, you know situation and so mm-hmm. we just had to do a call out and we like fundraise for him yeah, we banded together awesome. and just like through a crazy show. I think I I was in Tahoe that <laughs> night we performed. Aura, <laughs> um, right. you know, Joe, like we were all in Tahoe, but it was just a a live show just to be able to kind of be in our separate areas. But um, you know, Ooh. I feel like it is <laughs> Zoom seems more user friendly to me. I don't know. Um Twitch, I mean you could just there's a lot of um, bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our designer, uh, I mean, he's awesome. Uh, Matt, he's been off the hook with his like set design, and it's a virtual set design as opposed to like what we did the last time for Forbidden Futures set design. That was one of my favorite sets. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see how like <laughs> how they how we translate how it and how you guys build it this time. Uh-huh. 
Um, we, we also, one of the biggest uh, setbacks to, to doing a Zoom show as opposed to a live show, obviously it's a live factor. Um, audience reaction is a big, is a big deal in theater. I mean, even if, even if all you're doing is like, you know, um, reciting drama on stage, you can still look out in the audience and see the, the audience faces going, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that, that'll, that affects you. Yeah, right. And energy, especially yeah. for like for standup comedy there, when, when you, oh, when you yeah. tell a joke, there's no feedback, dude, it's like, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with Twitch, uh, it gives us a little bit more opportunity to interact with the audience because the live chat yeah, you is can there. A live chat feed, yeah. Live chat, and then people can donate in real time, um, and you can also uh, influence the way the the screen is presented. What is being seen right now at this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more control over that over Twitch than you do Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like it's kind of a trip with Twitch being like this platform that is being utilized differently now. Like more theaters are doing stuff on Twitch. Like it's being usually for gaming, but but yeah, it's just starting to like really become a tool that people are starting to use more. Like for theater, man. Like all we hope to do is like make sure the audience has a good experience. You know, but like when you when you watch the bad Zoom, like when you watch the bad Zoom, like oh my god, <laughs> it's so cringe and it's so like you know. And like as a performer, you're like, oh, sh- oh, dude, like, I hope this isn't like what's up with this, you know? Like, I hope this is. Where I, at, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the idea, like, how do you break? How do you kind of manage to make it good? Because that's really the bottom line. And like, you have to focus on the audience's experience. So Twitch gives you a better handle on that. Like Thomas said, Zoom is. The way we're navigating it is we, we <laughs> backstage yeah, we, we broadcast from Zoom and uh, we we perform on Zoom like Zoom is our stage and then we broadcast the OBS to Twitch like that. So it, it sounds all high tech, but it's literally a bunch of fools like on one like <laughs> on Discord about like okay yeah okay no okay go okay okay on deck and, and, like it's super. <laughs> It's super analog, but super high tech somehow too. But um, the idea that everyone can watch it just makes more sense at this time. It's like, like if you're really doing it for money, like bless your heart. But <laughs> it's really like the artists aren't doing it for money. I can a- I can ask all the actors, and they'll be like, "Yeah, do you know? You know, like just put down on a you know little." put five on it, whatever, you know, um, folks just want to play. So to give back to them as much as possible, the best way to like support the people that already gave is to like, make sure as many people see it as possible. That's why Twitch is also really, really cool. Cause like, yeah, everyone all over, like, just like check it out now or check it out later. Um, it just makes the artists that already put in and all these people's efforts, like, really count you know like that's what's up so plus folks get to see some weird weird stuff y'all like don't miss it like don't blame uh we won't we we'll, we'll be yeah, tuned in yeah, like, for sure um yeah we'll save you a seat we'll, we'll see okay we got that <laughs> with, with this show um instead of doing several live performances like we have done in the past we're actually pre-recording all of our short plays 
and um, we're going to have a live presenter sort of, you know, introduce the pieces in context. Um, sort of like, you know, Tales from the Crypt. What I always use that example. But like, <laughs> the exactly Crypt Keeper is just there. <laughs> and then this is the story. Yeah, for, for our young audience, yeah. you know, you might need to go do some Googling. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I remember Tales from the Crypt when I was a kid. I just yeah. remember, like, freaked me out, you know? Yep. Creepy little also, skeleton host guy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, our, our, our host is much more attractive <laughs> than that nice. guy. <laughs> Good to know. It's going to be six, uh, six short plays. Um, some weird un- source unknown recordings uh, thrown in there. Some some crazy visuals. Our directors are the ones that are under the gun right now. Their raw assets are due today. Like <laughs> so, they they're the ones that kind of had to cast and rehearse in a month and a week. Mm. So that was that that was their job, or less than that, maybe even. Um, the writers, Thomas is, was one of them, uh, incubated for like maybe three or four months on some of the pieces. Uh, Meeting every, almost every Sunday um, and uh, just converging and, and discussing our pieces, uh, reading them for each other and uh, killing our darlings as mm-hmm. we do. And that's always like, I feel that's always the best part of the process. The, no, it's not. I mean, so hell, I mean, just to say... <laughs> Sit in the uh, the workshop, you know the the way that it just builds and like it makes you go against you know gravity or laws of nature, and it's just like oh wait, can it do that? Oh wait, what if this happens? And you're just all geeking out to just and it it, it was a series, like it was a few months of workshopping. I, I couldn't partake in a lot during the beginning stages, but I had to fall back because I've had the, the other shows, but just um, getting yourself to just open up and think, oh man, what else? Like, like where's this going to go? Just think of anything you can imagine. And that's the madness. That's what gravitated me to, to Bindlestiff in the first place. Like, y'all can do this? I didn't know you could do this live on stage and then now taking it to screen. I'm like, oh, okay. We've got some fancy tricks up our sleeve. And a lot of these writers are like taking on their first time directing or editing. And it's like, oh, wow, you've got that trick up your sleeve. Okay. So it's pretty pretty amazing to see the process of how it's come far along and that's pretty that's a pretty common theme among uh stiff artists we we all tend to wear many hats uh yeah because it's required for us to survive you can't just be an actor you can't just show up i'm an actual i'm going to do my thing no nah, bro you gotta sweep the floor <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta pitch in with all this other crap that needs to get done or else the show doesn't yeah. but it's also it's also, you know, um, character building and humbling experience to have to do that stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, it really shows us that. that that's part of uh, what was Thomas's uh, main job during the writer's workshop was to help build the world because actually all the pieces are in that same world. So kind of like via like animate, Animatrix, um, where they built off of the rules of the Matrix. But um, yeah, so so each of the environment, each of the plays is like a different like neighborhood of this world that that everyone is like living in. So it was a cool. It was very. It was very. Um, 
very humbling being surrounded by everybody's like like that's what you got from it like dang that's crazy (laughs) you're crazy (laughs) yeah it was definitely humbling to see people's imaginations just like take walks yeah i've always liked that aspect about bendel stiff is everybody wears multiple hats and it really forces uh, people to you know tap into other parts of their creative mind that they didn't know that they necessarily had and I'm sure that this whole process of producing this online show has forced that hand even more. But what were some of your guys' uh, main like pain points that you came across when entering this new production process? Bro, I didn't know how to schedule anybody. Like, I was like, how do you? What the heck, right? So, and then I was like, you know, I'm like learning this Frankenstein thing backwards. And then I, I like storyboarded the, 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 I storyboarded. I've never done that before. I storyboarded <laughs> and I had to schedule people. So you have to storyboard. Here, I'll show you. Like, like I had to storyboard the whole thing. <laughs> so, sketching. so that I could like count which shots people were doing. I'd be like, okay, like Joe, Joe, like, so here's one of the fight scene shots. Right? <laughs> so you do that. This is one of the fight scene shots, right? And I haven't seen. I, ha- I have to. I had to. I had to do that for the whole play, pretty much, just so I could be like, okay, Joe, I need you for shot, and I just numbered them, like making it up, like I need you for <laughs> shot H fifty five. <laughs> right and age 56 right like what the heck and um really just reinventing the wheel obviously because film people have been doing this forever but um yeah. so that was the other thing too was uh having our friend matt who's the tech- technical director but he's he's a filmmaker and he's been doing stuff on twitch um all this time too like he, he does a dj show that animated backgrounds and so he's the dude who's just like, hey, so what is OBS again? You know, like he told me like four <laughs> times. And so he really like helped um, guide this process for a lot of us rookies, man, for real. Like Nick Feliciano, she wrote Static Age. She's directing it for the first time and she's doing all the edits. Like she's triple threading right now. And, and she's, you know, she's on like this, um, this like panic, panic thread with me and Matt, like, is this okay? Like, is this echo okay? You know, like folks got a lot of skin in the game. You know, they really want to make, um, they really want to make a good experience. She, she, there's green screens in their, in their production. Clean, yo. I was like jocking that. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, like, cause it's all like teenage, you know, we're all like, peers but we're all doing this new thing so it's, it's cool to see what folks come up with but they got green screens and it shows yeah i went <laughs> I, I came through i picked up a little little package from her she had like a blonde wig a green screen and i was like <laughs> oh is this me all right and uh the whole experience of recording with her it was just a lot of fun you know we but <laughs> she was editing it at the same time, like sharing a screen. So I could see her like crop me out, place me on the background. Oh, and yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it was just, it was a lot of fun. I'm like, and, and she made it so comfortable. I don't usually get 
on screen or on stage with y'all. But when I do, I do. Will is in this a lot. They got low, low show. Yeah. I'd rather be in the back. I'm just. Yeah, well, now, now you don't have to see the audience looking at you. So, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Nick nice. is amazing. Everyone's amazing. I mean, I think Jude, she like pulled up and had a whole film treatment, like slideshow presentation. And I'm like, damn, you put work into this. Like, we took it to a whole nother level. It, it was really necessary to do that because when the script came in, um, I think it was, re it's really obvious if you read, if you read any of the scripts um, and without seeing the final product that they, we wrote all these pieces with film in mind, but we don't have film really. We, we have zoom, I mean, limited film. Sure. But um, I think one of our pain points is like, how do we get this story? that has these, this, this, these locations and these actions between characters, how do we put that on Zoom? How do we create art from this? So that, that was something I, I was really worried about. But it seems like we are navigating that um, yeah. pretty successfully. There's like the green screen, yeah. there's practical effects, there's costuming, there's like um, the Zoom helps you connect with your director. So like if I was directing you guys, I could say like, Okay, I'm gonna turn off my camera and I want you guys to, you know, like punch to the left or something, right? So um, it's not always the best quality because sometimes Zoom puts you like in a, the lowest, you know, the lowest whatever uh, FP frames per second, FPS is, mm. um, just because everybody's using it. So you, you can't do 1080 no more. Like it's been a minute. But, um, some other, you know, other folks are just taking their own video just from their camera, right? And they're sending it to you in all kinds of formats, all, all vertical. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, you know, hella, hella, like, uh, okay, okay, vertical, all right, you know, like you just, but, <laughs> but everything is game. You can't say no to footage. Like, you can't be like, oh no, do it again. Like, no, who is you? Like. This is what we got. <laughs> this is for real what we got. Yeah. So everyone is just working with what they got or going a little bit mad, going a little bit obsessy, crazy, you know, um, figuring out new tech, figuring out fucking treatment. I think one of our first, <laughs> one of our first um, variety show, Vindal Zoomsalog, we had a lot of different acts. And um, one of the biggest thing we had was like, we can't do music together anymore. And so mm. there was a, huge latency people needed audio interfaces so our our tech director uh darius he had to drop off like <laughs> he had to drop off the scarlet he's like here ollie take this for your for your set you know but we all it was just dancing around with a lot of what equipment do we have let's make the best of what we have and mm -hmm. then even with trying to let people you know register and jump on the show we maxed out that first night and I mean, mm. it, I think I was like seconds to go on and I'm like, oh shit, cross them over, you know, put, put them into the uh, panelists. Like I'm just throwing people in there and I'm like, ah, <laughs> the next show we upgraded. <laughs> like, <laughs> going higher. We don't know how much people are going to actually jump on. So yeah, that, that's definitely something we, we lost like live music, especially for uh, this show Forbidden Futures. I feel like it, it stems from rock and roll. It stems from it. The, the heart of it is a music show. Even though there isn't music in all pieces, it, it kind of, it, it starts the world is the seed of the world. And it just kind of grows out 
and and to not be able to have several you know performers all in or in different places performing all together that's that's the biggest loss that would that would be like the biggest thing forbidden futures would get back if we could do the show live again take our week uh, we're uh, we're doing the recording. There's like harmonies now that couldn't be there before, so we're trying to make up for that. You know, we got like <laughs> we have perfectly, you know, cool people like lip syncing because that's you know it's acting. You know, everyone's trying to <laughs> do their best as they got. <laughs> Music is definitely something, yeah, and just even being able to like. You know, it's cool when you can like act like, oh, now I touched you. You know, now I'm over here and I I just hit your head yeah. or whatever. But really being <laughs> able to you know interact with each other, that's why like the like with you guys, you guys get to 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 be in the same room together. Some of our artists live together too. Like um, Lowe's household, they're all they're all they're all part of the so <laughs> yeah, one way or another. <laughs> So yeah, it, those are kind of cool. Uh, that's actually some interesting. The directors thought about that when they cast the two. Like if they had cast like two mm. people in one scene, they tried. To oh, they could do. Mm, yeah, utilize that. Yeah, utilize the yeah, advantage. Some, that sometimes scene. it's nice to get two people in the same frame. You yeah. know, if you can. Kind of like. Kind of like. Uh, see the yeah. show Nick works on though. I'm sorry, Nick actually. We've got Risa in LA. We've got Nikki and John Carlo in San Francisco. I'm here in Union City, and like to get us into the same frame. Oh man, she was working hard on that. <laughs> so I know Thomas is a big Blade Runner 2049 guy, but uh, for Lo and Golda, what are some of the Forbidden Future stories that inspired you guys? You mean like the cyberpunk? like uh, futuristic stories and yeah us. yeah like what are some futuristic stories that inspired you guys to write these stories i know you mentioned animatrix gold okay. that, that, that is an excellent series of stories i mean um, I, that was really mind-blowing to consider that world like that again you know like for audiences to be able to do that be like yeah why would we only keep it to one you know movie or style well, that was cool um I like, I'm a big fan of 90s sci-fi and like, um, like Terminator, Total Recall, Demolition Man, like all the <laughs> practical, pretty on point stuff. If you were to look back at some of the stories, like Back to the Future, um, kind of cinematically those like hero arcs type of stuff. But if you were to just flip it on its little, you know, head, then you kind of have like the Panay anti-hero anti story. Like you don't ever see like Filipinas like hella in those blockbusters, you know, we had to watch those and then kind of imagine where Filipinos would be. And it would be like, oh, they might be cleaning like this Death Star or something like <laughs> shout out to them. You know, they were just doing their jobs like. So you start just thinking a little alternatively because just being people of color, you're always pushed to the side anyways. I mean, for a minute I was pretty mad at like um, Hollywood, you know, their sh shade of beige was like not appealing to me. And I just dove headfirst into like Asian martial arts movies, old samurai movies, old Chinese movies when they were making like a movie a week. 
you know, back in the 70s and 80s, mm. like, you know, I loved Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, all that stuff back then. And just action that, like, reflects you. And then you could tell story about sci-fi just lets you tell story about stuff that either hasn't happened yet or should happen or probably will happen. You know, the future isn't part of it. Um, something we haven't talked about yet. But is like barred from Afrofuturism, which thinks about like the future in a liberated sense, right? This, this future that we don't have now, this liberation that we don't have now, like Afrofuturism, Filipino futurism, imagines a world where it is. So in this case, in Forbidden Futures, it's like all the stuff that that's there that we don't get to call out, you know, we just call it out, like way out. And it's liberating, you know, it's liberating. It's like really hopeful message even though it's like super dark stuff yeah uh there's some horror in there oh. i don't know why but bindle stiff like clip horror and sci-fi body horror yeah, that's, that's body horror for sure um yeah. i i was always like into sci-fi for sure i mean i don't want to even name drop well fuck it. oh yeah name, name drop them please <laughs> I, mean, I used to watch a lot of like geeky i don't know babylon 5 like star what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i loved it you know it was a bit magical too you know what i mean and then you know just getting into a lot of the the um you know exactly what um golda had mentioned you know the terminators out there um i actually started watching a lot of stuff on hulu too that was kind of wild like tales from the loop um devs like that shit was like crazy you know and i've heard good things about devs and i actually recently just got gifted a, a Hulu password. So hey, I'm going to yeah. check that out. <laughs> and like when uh, um, Thomas, I mean, he's, he's definitely been one of my mentor producers, like since geek show. And I've known Golda, like before I even met her, cause I, I used to, I used to record a lot of mixtapes and one of my boys that used to rap, like he had her on a track and I was like, who is this? Like, <laughs> so she's definitely an inspiration. And when I have the opportunity to work, anytime I have the opportunity to work with these two, I'm just like, all right, let's, this is going to be wild. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> so, um, major musical influences, major geeky influences, major just punk influences just from these two. And, um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, just keep on going. I feel like, uh, lately, because I'm AD, I'm assistant director for Joe, who's taken on this wild trilogy from one of our main, uh, our stage manager, Edward Bostic. He has this like noir style. And so I was going dark for a while, listening to <laughs> musical influences that he name dropped in his script. And I was like, damn, this is this connects. This is just, it makes sense, but it's just wild. Um, so though Ed is definitely a major influence as well. Um, anything I can pick off their brains, like, absolutely. I would just soak it all in. Uh, one of my main influences for this project is uh, heavy metal magazine. Cause if you ever taken mm -hmm, a look yeah. at the heavy metal magazine cover or just look inside and actually read one of the stories, it's wild. It, it, this, this, it goes anywhere. And um, whenever I was worried that this might not work or it's just too high concept, um, I would always just think back to Heavy Metal Magazine and, and go, 
Look at them. They, it was, it's fucking nuts and it works. It's okay. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we can, we can be brave and we yeah. can tell these crazy stories because that's what sci-fi can allow, allow us to do. Yeah. That's the thing I really love that thing about sci-fi more than most any other genre is almost any of those worlds, they build it out, you know, way bigger and everyone has a story. So even when they have like, you know, of course, Star Wars or whatever, but when they have a movie about a, a certain person, it makes sense because like you said, like there's so many people on this ship that you don't, you know, highlight and then they can have their own movie because yeah. this whole story is built out and there's other worlds connected and people that come back in new movies or, you know, comics or whatever it is. So it's like, well, it, of course it'll work. Like there, there's a story to be told from anybody that's in that world. Yeah, and also you don't need to explain the whole thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. it, you can you can leave a lot of little stuff unsaid if you just just let that mystique kind of breathe. Like in Blade Runner, they don't they don't explain like, nothing. You know, you just kind of sit there. Making it making it the influences with, are a little different because you have to consider like what does it look like. So like Mad Max, um, Brazil, Metropolis, some of those like old fashioned sci-fi like silent films metropolis is this black and white this crazy sci-fi world like i don't know maybe the 50s or something like that um earlier yeah earlier. really oh yeah even earlier wow so yeah like mad max because of just you know you have to come up with stuff like just kind of effects just put it in your world i'm gonna bust out one of the pieces so this is like not a green screen, you know what I'm saying? Like you just like you break apart, like some, you break apart, like one camera filming you. Like you get your daughter, you like buy her a glue gun, and she just like takes apart like her brother's off. like controllers and stuff. So like building it is different. Like building it is like okay, what are your influences? Like a lot of steampunk, um, kind of mm. old tech, you know, like if. You have to think like if there was no more Wi-Fi, right? Like how would people like yeah. listen to their music, right? You might have mm -hmm. to bring around an instrument again or, you know, press uh, their tape recorder. What's yeah. out there like Walkman, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I was watching Starship Troopers the other day <laughs> and I remember they had like a big party scene after one of the big battles and in the in the case of like entertainment stuff well, you know violin yeah it was a, like a balls. neon violin i was like <laughs> yeah they didn't have like bluetooth Red. speakers like they yeah. just had to bust out the analog violin but it, it was a nice touch you know you're like oh this is different yeah. like well i kind of look at it like even yeah. you know when you were talking about earlier um like not everybody has the same equipment so you have to work with what you got you know and then in so many of these movies in the future whatever like Oh, all the calm goes down, but I can send Morse code and shit. So like they go back to that old thing, like just to make it work and get it like, who knows how to read this or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, but we got to figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the world of urban futures definitely tends to that like analog sci-fi. They know like minority report. Oh, we're going to interface with this computer. And it's going to be just like, no, nah, dude, you're sitting there typing. <laughs> you got to take this cable, plug it into this machine. Yeah. It's like that. Nice. Yeah, I always think it's funny looking back on those uh, movies and TV shows that portray the future, like beyond where we are now, and seeing some technology mm -hmm. that that we have more advanced technology in this day and age yeah. compared to what somebody imagined back in the nineties or whatever. Yeah. yeah, we talk about it a couple times already, mm -hmm. like Back to the Future, like we already passed that time, you know, and it's like, oh, we 
still still got some things missing that they had in there yeah, you know i don't have my hoverboard yet. exactly but we still you know, yeah but we got the the facetime like they had or whatever but yeah man it's just yeah would you rather have flying cars or the internet pick one the internet oh man. the internet uh, hands down the internet yeah i'd say so too yeah, yeah. access mm-hmm. yeah i can go access. fly a virtual car in in the internet so it's good <laughs> if everyone had virtual cars it would just be as crowded as like yeah, just be idiots in the air. More idiots in the air. Be yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there would be some. There would be some gnarly uh, flying car crashes going on, and there'd be flying cars and oh, yeah. in trees and embedded in mountainsides and shit. Mm-hmm. Sideshows. That's in the really clouds. that idea is really the heart of cyberpunk. If you think about it, cyberpunk is all about high tech, low life. You know, we have mm-hmm. these. Miracles of technology, and yet we fail to use them to improve our lives. In fact, they lead to quite the opposite. You know? They lead to a worse world. And uh, that's kind of the, the world that's the future. Yeah, we had to talk about that when we were building in the writing workshop or the writing lab. It was like, what makes something sci fi? Because some, for some of them, it was like sort of their first stab at transitioning to that genre. Mm. So we would have to just talk about like the only thing that. The, the, the way that your audience is going to relate the most is if they could see themselves needing that or using that or, you know, like making a connection mm-hmm. to now. So you can't really say what people are going to wear or but you can say why they would wear something. Right. Like you could say, like, OK, there's no more good air. So everyone has to wear masks or you can say, OK, what if there's masks that cover that, you know, that can like make sure that whatever you say or sing isn't heard, you know, like you could just like take that one thing and kind of like make it more of a tool. Like humans have to eat. They have to sleep somewhere. They have to get water, right? Like they have to educate their children, you know, they have to live somewhere. So what does that look like? Right. So you just start basics and then you just kind of morph it kind of organically, you know, so like sci-fi in a sense is like, supposed to be really relatable as as much as it's like way out there you know it's like what would you do if you lived on mars or you know what wouldn't you do if you lived on mars i don't know i don't know your life you know but that's that's what sci-fi is (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh one a good show that's done a a good job of making sci-fi really relatable is something like black mirror so Mm -hmm. since a lot of their stories take place in a future that is not too distant from where yeah. we are today. Yeah, like two steps away from where that's the reality of yeah, where, where you can watch one and you're like, Oh shit, I can see us. Yeah. Like living we're, yeah, this reality. we're already kind of doing that. We just don't do it at that <laughs> level yet. You're like, oh. yeah. yeah. Where's, where's yeah. the, uh, yeah. where's the person with the pig trying to blackmail Trump? Can we, can we, can we get that? <laughs> Crucial right now. Come on, uh, come on anonymous. Where you at? Science nonfiction, yeah, or that uh, that, that social rating score. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. In China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like America or you know just the world's ready for sci-fi stories a lot more now because, um, well, they always were, but now it just it, I think the the tool of it is starting to become more realized. Like you can imagine new stuff, you know. But yeah. like my family over here, we went and watched the Star Wars um, Rogue One with Ray, right? 
And my girl, she was mm. she was younger back then, but she's like stay shady, right? So she like we you know we, we watched it. It was beautiful opening. Homegirls like getting her things. She opens her mouth and she's got this British accent, and like she just looked at me like she was turning to me and she was like really <laughs> like really like <laughs> like British like being, galaxy far like, far away like <laughs> really like this is where we are like yeah she sounds like she's from manchester like <laughs> yeah i don't know it just it seems like if you could think something new why wouldn't you think something new and i think that's kind of what sci-fi is pushing now yeah i don't think that newer star wars trilogy was really thinking about anything new when the fucking death star again you fucking assholes yeah <laughs> right yeah such an opportunity miss on that one, man. Yeah, like you said, beautifully. It looks beautiful, but the technology, like the story, is not caught up to the technology that they can use and the art that's out there, man. It's like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's such an iconic world that they were able to build off of, like Yoda and Boba Fett's, like how they are ingrained mm-hmm. in our DNA, right? Like loving those two things, like Boba Fett and and mm-hmm. and Yoda, and, and boom. Come up with the Mandalorian and all of our. Junkie yeah. and ages just woke up and we were like, "Oh my god, I think I love this." Like that was kind of yeah. and they had yeah they had <laughs> to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, good writing, you know, yeah. cha- made that story arguably better than that whole trilogy. So you know? Yeah, in my, in my opinion, the trilogy, the trilogy, the new trilogy was inspired by Star Wars itself. That the Mandalorian was inspired by the things that inspired Star Wars, so it's closer to the oh, source wow. material. It, yeah, it, and uh, I'm gonna thank John Favreau for, for yeah, doing <laughs> keeping that, it real well, with the yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. actually used some new production Favreau. techniques in that in that show. Like they that was large, yeah, that was like yeah. largely produced in a studio space, and they used like in that, a special studio yeah. with a with a 360 degree screen. Yeah, that covers the top two. Yeah, so, so not load, a green screen. Load things into the world. Yeah, not a green yeah. screen. So the actors are actually seeing that landscape there, so they don't have to like suspend their d- disbelief looking at a green wall. You know, they're like looking at a landscape, which is cool. Very yeah, cool. We're, we're working on building one of those in Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they're on to us. I get all these like ads for projectors on my feed all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on. Projection oh, yeah. mapping. Yeah. Sponsored ads are coming yeah, up all pr- day. Project- you yeah, look, you look at one uh, projection future. mapping projector and all of a sudden your Instagram feed is full Hella of Hella on to me. Like, she wants to project like... <laughs> fire and stars on her like i do i really do i i really do but that goes goes back you're kind of doing that already yeah, i was gonna it's say like the background now, I've got, the, I've got the stars <laughs> i'm old school you know so practical effects like the green screen thing i can do the snap yeah. cam thing so i can turn myself into a lizard but can't make myself an alcohol like like thomas can i can't so you know you kind of have to work with what you got right like how he's saying like so I'd be pulling yeah. Uh, yeah. all the lamps from the different rooms to try to create. Yeah, lighting. Lighting yeah. is key. Man, lighting sure. is key. Like all this weird stuff you never, ever thought of before. You were like, okay. And just like, what do you have? Like, I had to That's shoot true. something in a lab and I, I kept looking around my house all weird and my household was just like, what is she doing? Because I would, I would look at a corner and I'd, <laughs> I'd be like looking at this and then I would turn and look at this wall. 
like this. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I got to <laughs> shoot this in the bathtub. They're like, what is she talking about? And it was the only, like, it was the only spot in my house that had like the white, you know, the full on white wall thing, like everywhere else had like a little border or whatever. So I legit scrubbed my bathtub and I was like, no, I'm limits for like an hour or whatever. And just shot it with my laptop in my bathtub, telling that, you know, like I'm in some high tech lab. <laughs> you know, in some dystopic future, like you just gotta get yeah. seriously. Like, you can't even leave your house yeah, for you just gotta make it happen during the heat real. wave. And you know, <laughs> we were like, I can't even open my window. Like, folks, for <laughs> real, making art yeah. in shelter, sheltering art. Yeah. All right. Well, right now, I think it's a good time that we can go into our segment that we call support quality. But for this time around, I want to switch it up a little bit. And ask you guys about uh, something from the sci-fi canon that it was one of your biggest sci-fi inspirations. It could be like an item from a movie or show, or it could just be like a, yeah, a story. Whatever, yeah. yeah. But what is like something from sci-fi storytelling that was one of your biggest inspirations? Like oddly enough, it's it's gonna be like a, not even film, like comic books and music, you know. Like so fast, mm. you could tell so many weird stories that way. Comic books? Are you kidding me? Like they just—you're right there, like in a whole other world, and you're like all in full color, read it over and over. So. Is there a particular book that stands out in your mind? I mean, I did the whole like Wolverine. You know, I did DC, and like I grew up reading like you know, kind of like regular comics. Nowadays, I do a lot of like. Um, like samurai stuff because i was kind of over the cg i needed to go old school because I, I was you know they were hand drawing it and then the computers got involved and i could tell so i wasn't reading much new stuff so i ended up going back to like illustrated like lone wolf and cub like buddha from osamu tetsuka and just weirder just yeah just like more like uh like just full story arcs you could tell like a whole life and a whole world in the comic book art? Um, for me, uh, there's a there's an Alan Moore story. Alan Moore is the comic book writer who wrote Watchmen, *E for Vendetta, and um, the series, and several other classic comic book series. But there was one small story that he did for DC pertaining to the Green Lantern Corps. Now, the Green Lanterns are like space cops. They're powered by these like special rings that let them create force fields uh, and and it, it, it runs on, on light and, and force, right? And uh, the way Green Lantern gets hired is the rings seek out an individual of any species that is worthy of the ring, you know, who will hold up the virtues of the Green Lantern. And it's a story about this one Green Lantern trying to hire another Green Lantern in this, from this planet um, that has no concept of light or sound. Um, because every, everyone on that planet is, or uh, sorry, uh, no concept of light or color. Because everyone on that planet is, is blind. So um, this Green Lantern is trying to give this power to this, this alien who doesn't have eyes. And uh, it was a very interesting story. I thought it, it thought about this, this issue is kind of out of the box. <clears throat> it seems obvious now. Like, what if, what if the, the Green Lantern can't see? It has no concept of, of color. But that was the first time I, I saw an author, a writer, play with the idea that... Um, 
your perception is something that you take for granted. And um, it, it makes you blind to, to someone else's experience. And uh, there's something about the simplicity and the, and the genuineness of that story that, that has uh, stuck with me throughout my life. Yeah. Way to narrow it nice. down, Thomas. Way to narrow it down. Yeah, really it was good. good. <laughs> it's, real it's hard. It's really hard to narrow. Uh, what, what about you, Lo? <laughs> oh man, um, you know, I, I, I guess I grew up like Goldo. You know, I was, I was going to the comics bookstore like in the Yune, and I used to buy like a lot of Marvel cards and books, and just having that world of. Oh, they're arch enemies. Oh, what's his stamina? You know, like, or the, what's the agility? Just kind of geeking out into the, the whole web of it all. And then, um, I mean, besides just the, the Marvel Universe and DC and all that, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know who it was, but somebody started watching Star Trek at the house and like, I know it's so. Was it Sophia? And they turned I mean, you into a I'm not a me trekkie either, but <laughs> I was like, excuses. Oh, she's like, like somebody <laughs> turned it on. I was like, home. Yeah, so I, I just walked by. <laughs> happened it. <laughs> and before you know, you know it, and there was like hours had gone by. You're dressed like, in the full. <laughs> there was like a drew out there at the Borg, and I was like, damn, it's so vast. You know, just I, I just like. I always, I always looked up, you know, I always thought, you know, there's, there's yeah, shit out there. Sure. <laughs> like, and that's just kind of always sparked a, it just, I know, you know, it's sometimes you, you gotta like, Oh, stop. You're, you're like going crazy. You know, you're thinking, uh, that's just not real, but I'm like, no, that shit is real. Like there's things out there. Um, so yeah, I just, just being able to like make a joke of myself and be like, yeah, you know, I can geek out on geek out on those things, but um, that's I guess that's kind of what started the whole you know inspiration into the sci-fi geek arts and all that. But yeah, you just inspired an interesting question in my head: Are superhero stories also sci-fi in some ways? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no uh, superhero stories or human stories. What What about um, something like about, uh, like the Guardians of the Galaxy? Is that also sci-fi? Because, I mean, there's space elements involved. Like, at what point does it become sci-fi and or just a comic book story? Wait, What's the difference there? Thomas, why, why don't, why? Why do you say no? Like, explain. <laughs> Is um, it because of their earthling? Well, to me, sci-fi... No, uh, well, I mean, I would say Superman is a it's a human story. Uh, he's because, an alien. Um, I think it's, he is alien, and yet, I'm well, feel free to disagree with me. But I think uh, the purpose of superheroes is, I mean, they're they're a modern mythology, right? And um, and I think we create this specific type of mythology um, based on based on human experience and based on uh, human weakness. And um, superpowers and you know arch nemeses are there to um, not to show like this over the top fighting and everything. The real purpose is to hammer down to the, the true human element of what's going on between these two forces fighting each other. Um, and, and yeah, like the like sci-fi elements. Oh, like a Mister Freeze's freeze gun. That that's that's all. That's all self aggressive to the humanity's out. That was weird. <laughs> oh. um, sci-fi is different because 
it doesn't, I, I don't think it focuses on the humanity. I think it focuses on like other things. The like environment. What, what is surrounding the world. Humanity. Yeah, the environment. Yeah. Like what, yeah. But that's just me. Uh, I think I that's a, that's that, a good, yeah. good description. Yeah, I'd say it's fair. It's like human centric, like human story centric, hero centric. It'd be like humanity is like, pre, like with no priori, like having their own, that's their own like existential journey. But then sci-fi would be like the world in the universe. So now I'm curious what is like, Shit. I gotta rethink some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me like influence you. Go ahead. What was your next question? Oh no, I was just gonna <laughs> say that was actually a good exit point, you know? Like what it what like leave that sticking yeah. with everybody. Like what do you <laughs> Yeah, what it what yeah. yeah, listeners, what do you think yeah. makes up sci fi and what I mean but, um, yeah. I think it's hard to always consider and I think it's a little you know, man's like egocentricness right like i'm here for you know to save you or i'm here to save the world and you're save save everyone but um uh, i think for some reason i always think when i think of sci-fi i i feel like space like outer space is always almost always an element of it right. for some reason mm-hmm. like, more often than not i'd say not not every story right. but mm-hmm. Outer space seems to be a common theme in a lot of sci-fi. Yeah, I would say. Final space frontier. makes it sci-fi. Yeah. That's probably a better way of looking at it, like what makes it sci-fi. So space, that's a good one. Yeah, I think, I mean, just playing Ooh. up on the sci part of it, like when, when it comes, like you said, superhero, sometimes it's, it's unexplainable, but with the sci-fi, there's, even though the story's not always told, there's a reason why we got into space or why we traveled different galaxies or why we mutated to this or, you you know, have to, you know, wear different, you know, uniforms or whatever, you know? So it's like, yeah, but it's like Superman is like, oh, he just, their whole planet was made of these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, that's just how it is. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe, maybe at its core, sci-fi is about speculation. And, um, and, and we as humans cannot help but wonder about what is what is beyond our comprehension yeah, or what's, our what's next and, yeah. uh, where can we push what's it next? Yeah, and, uh, and it's really fun to riff on those ideas and that's what takes us in sci-fi we can imagine infinite we, possibilities we can imagine, um, infinite possibilities yeah. yeah I mean shit we could, well, I was going to say we could, we could have all written down how we thought this year was going to go and we would all have been wrong you know what I'm saying so it's like <laughs> the future we don't know what the future is no matter how well you know you've written stuff in the past you would have never known how to write the story you know so yeah our current events is the science fiction to 2019 <laughs> so it was like back to the future a science fiction movie because science is involved it literally qualifies I, think, I mean to me I think so because time travel yeah I mean I think they yeah, try the to make it of time yeah. travel I think the science so. part of it is like well if you do certain things in the past or the future it could affect the other way you know so I think there's the one part you know like it's obviously beyond what we've been able to do yet or that we know of but yeah I would like to see people uh, disappear from my picture just because of some move I made when I was you know what I'm saying like oh my family's leaving fucking I gotta play this Johnny B good you know <laughs> 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 but yeah i'm super uh excited to see what you guys are going to do yeah. with this i mean yeah, I, I think 
with creatives is giving you guys an opportunity to do things differently but also as a as a viewer as a you know absorber of content like i have to be more open to things now and ready to see which you know the next iteration of what you guys are doing looks like and for our listeners that would like to check out forbidden futures how can they do so well (laughs) you can you can go onto bit.ly slash forbidden 2020 and um that that's our website uh you can um you can donate to us there and uh it also has the link to our twitch channel nice. um uh, the show is on october 17th at 7 p.m i got all that right right i'm not reading off anything it's just off memory we'll make sure yeah. to post okay. it all up yeah. and everything so and so this is a, a only one live show and then the re- and then it will live on and as a recording Probably, yeah all right. Yeah, you guys, um, just try catch it and like uh, tell all your weird friends and all your normal ones too. <laughs> yeah, I was like gonna say, say don't leave out the normies. <laughs> yeah, save our seats, like you they said. They kind of yeah, needed the most. They think they kind of needed the most a little bit. That's kind of part of being weird and like stepping into spaces, like. I'm part of these weird groups that I don't know how I got to be a part of, like on Facebook and stuff. I'm just like, oh hey, and like they don't expect to see this. You feel me? So I just post stuff. Just to be like, hey, you know, like weird. Open their minds. Yeah. Like weird people are here, you know, <laughs> just to keep that creative for real creative. Because yeah. at this time, like folks, yeah. they, you know, it's a time to innovate. But sometimes people feel more confident or comfortable doing like kind of like, you know, easy stuff, you know, but it's way funner and way better for everybody to innovate. So, yeah. Yeah. Deviate Hell from yeah. your norm for there a minute. Yes. Thank you. So, yeah. So if the people want to follow you guys on, on the socials, how, how can they do so? You don't, you, I mean, if you don't want to be followed, then you can, you can omit from this question, but if you yeah. want people, if you want to share your, yourselves, how can they follow you guys? Oh, my page is private, <laughs> but you can follow. Both <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> yeah. Feel free to add a, a mic. Back. <laughs> no. um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we have a presence on a lot of the, the platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, What's our Instagram? It's uh, Bindlestiff Studio underscore SF. I think it's just Bindlestiff underscore SF. Whatever it is. We'll, yeah, we'll make sure to put the yeah, we'll correct link, link yeah. on there. I like Tag how the you. three of us don't really know. We've been producing this together for, you know, since uh, back in April. And we already knew that we were going to run out of steam by now when it's needed the most so um we brought on dara our friend dara rosario <laughs> to do marketing and she has us on a daily and every day repeat this a post every day uh, since september 21st to the show which is outlandish yeah let them know oh yeah let them but know. that's like that's i guess you know that's like how, <laughs> that's, that's what, what the kids do that's yeah. what the kids do yeah exactly but it's also i realized that's one of the best ways to pay homage to the people already doing the good work like let them come like for free it's free and just as many people can show up fit them on and yeah like we just want really people to enjoy like our hard work our weird our weird our weird shit and um keep it creative so folks just practice that just practice thinking creatively practice 
imagining like what our world yeah let people know what's possible man like what they could do yeah because the shit that they're coming up with their script their script writers (laughs) it's not the business it's like we can think of better shit than what they got going right now (laughs) yeah we get all these young tiktokers out here they they're being super creative so (laughs) yeah so everyone's just got to keep going yeah yes yeah. appreciate uh, you guys yeah. for sure for having us. thank you guys for joining us. For us our pleasure we look forward to checking out forbidden yeah, futures at bit.ly slash forbidden futures 2020 we're gonna we're gonna hit that, that up donate yeah, yeah. subscribe to the twitch link all that stuff yeah you can follow us at quality goods tv Relax. on instagram i'm at mr bd on there and i'm at young man old souls yeah you can find us in that twitch stream and we'll, we'll oh, be yeah, in we'll that be chat box yeah, yeah. on the, the 17th so come Definitely. come holler yeah we'll be inviting our weirdo friends don't worry about it yeah and the normal <laughs> and the normal and ones the normal too. one yeah. Yeah. there's a couple <laughs> yeah come check us out um, yes. but yeah until the next time we out